It's Palm Sunday. Bless the Lord. And it's only right that we look into the Word of God this morning and to see what happened on that day that we call Palm Sunday. It was a a very exciting day in Jerusalem, in and around Jerusalem on this day. Matthew 21, verse 9, it says, And the multitudes going before him, meaning Jesus, and those who followed after were crying out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so we see here that as Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, there was sh- there were crowds and they were crying out. They were shouting. They were excited. You ever see a crowd that was excited? You ever been to a, a baseball game, a football game, somewhere? When crowds get excited, do they make noise? They're not whispering, are they? They're not. They're not singing softly, huh? Are they? Crowds, when they get excited about something, they make a loud noise, don't they? And is it right to make a loud noise over when they get excited? Is it right or is it wrong? I've never heard anyone stand up in a football stadium or a baseball stadium and say, quiet! What do you think that per, what, what would you say to that person if they ran out into the field when the, when the fans were cheering, you know, and, 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 and somebody got up and says, quiet! You're making too much noise! Say, sit down, remove him from the field, please. Right? And so, when we are in, listen, when we are in the house of the Lord or in the presence of the Lord, it's okay to shout and and to to give the Lord praise, do his name. He's a glorious king. He's a mighty warrior. He's a, he's a victor and the conqueror. And so these people were shouting praises to the Lord. They were shouting Hosanna to the Lord, waving palm branches and all. They were making some kind of racket, I'll tell you. And they all people were coming out to see what was going on here. They were shouting Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. It tells us that in Matthew. It tells us that in Mark. In John chapter 12, verse 13, it says the people took branches of, of palm trees It says they took the branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him and they were crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you imagine a multitude of people waving up? Now, this is just a little palm branch and and this is very light and easy to carry around. But imagine a multitude of people surrounding Jesus before him and on the sides of him and behind him, all around him, waving and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. What a time, what an exciting, what an excitement was in the air. What an expectancy was in the air. Why were these people shouting? What were they shouting? Why were they doing all that? It was an exciting, a vibrant time in Jerusalem here. And Hosanna, when we cry, when we shout, when they were shouting Hosanna, that word means save. Lord, save us. Save your people. They, and it, it goes back to even to the Old Testament, to the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout, O daughter Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. And so Zechariah prophesied 
that the king, the savior, the the one who was going to bring salvation would come riding on a donkey and he would be the savior. And so they knew this. They knew the Old Testament and they thought Jesus was riding into Jerusalem to save them from the rule and oppression of Rome. And so they were shouting, Hosanna, save us, Jesus. Go in there and, and take over and show them. Give them what for, Jesus. And, and Lord set us free. And, and so they were excited. They were expecting the, the, the game of all games to take place. The, the fight of all fights and the victory of all. That Jesus would walk in there and, and settle everything and set everybody free. And so they were excited. Oh man, they were, you know, they were, they were just excited in the Lord. And so now we want to look. Let's look into this whole scene. We want to look at the man, the meaning, and the message. What was going on here? What was taking place? And so we say, who is this man? There's crowds, multitudes, waving palm branches, shouting Hosanna. And what's going on here? Who is this man that is being praised? Who is this man that is getting all these accolades and acclamations? Who is he? Who is he? Would you ask, who is he? And so in Matthew chapter 21... Still, verse number 10, And when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? Who is this? And the multitudes were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So they, there was a stirring going on. People were making a racket, waving the branches, shouting Hosanna. They were expecting for a great victory. And people were coming out saying, What's going on? You would say the same thing. You have, if you've heard a big racket coming down the street, you would run out and say, what's going on here? And they would say, someone said, it's Jesus, the prophet. It's Jesus who's, who's coming into Jerusalem. And so people were inquiring and they wanted to know what was going on. And then in verse number 15, it says, well, in verse 12, Jesus, he came in and he started to, to heal the blind and the lame. And verse 15, of that same chapter, but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant or angry. Here the people are shouting, save us. Who is this man? He's Jesus. Jesus was working wonderful things. It says here, he was working. They saw him work wonderful things. Healing the sick, making the blind to see, the lame to walk. Are these wonderful things? Are these things that you just say, oh well, uh, who cares? These are wonderful things. But the people were rejoicing, but yet the religious leaders were getting angry. And so there were two different responses. One man Two different responses. Some people were rejoicing and some people were getting angry. Who does he think he is? Who is this that comes and heals people? They should stay sick and dependent on us. Why are they being healed? And so here comes Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. Some are praising him and some are angry and indignant and plotting against him, wishing he never came in. What are we doing today? 
Are we praising the Lord, thanking Him that He came into our lives, thanking Him that He is a healer, thanking Him that He does come into our lives and, and mend our broken hearts and give us hope? Or are we those that say, no, I don't believe Him. I don't want Him in my life. I, we should be praising God. We should be among those that are waving the palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, Son of David, come into my life. And so... There was, there was, he was a man of wonder. It said he did wonderful things. He was a man of wonder. And so there was praise in this, and people who praised him, people who despised him. So where did this man who did these wonderful things, where did he come from? He was riding on the donkey and coming into Jerusalem. Where did he come from? Well, they said here that where did he come from? They said he's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. Nazareth is a town on the face of this earth, isn't it? And that's true. It is true that Jesus came from Nazareth, isn't it? That he came from that town. But that's only part of the answer. He came from a place greater than Nazareth. Jesus just didn't come from Nazareth, Bethlehem. He came from somewhere greater. This man who was riding into Jerusalem doing wonders and miracles came from a place greater than Nazareth. Let me tell you. Psalm 68, verse 4. You will put that up. Psalm 68, verse 4. Where did he come from? Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. He didn't come. He didn't take a taxi cab from Nazareth. He didn't ride a donkey from Nazareth. He came from heaven's realm. I'm telling you, from the kingdom of God. He came from heaven. He rode. Listen, Jesus, God rode on the, uh, where, where are we here? Psalm 68, is that 68 of four? Sing to God, sing praises to a name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens, the clouds, by his name and rejoice before him. Here's Jesus, the son of the living God come from heaven itself, who was used to writing on the clouds, right? We can't understand that because we are mortals in this body. We can't understand what it means to get a foot off the ground, let alone ride upon a cloud. How do we comprehend that as mortals? How do we comprehend that living in these bodies that are limited? We can just about get ourselves up into a car, you know, and sit in that. But Jesus, the Son of God, He was riding on clouds in the heavens. We can't comprehend how that's possible, but He's God. He's spirit. Now, He took on flesh. And as He took on flesh, He came from Nazareth. But He was riding on the clouds of glory before that. Go with me to Psalms 104, verse number 3. He lays the beams of His upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who makes the clouds his chariot. Man, you want to, you want to talk about a vehicle? God makes the clouds his chariot, who walks upon the wings of the wind. Can we comprehend this stuff? We've got a, we're looking at who is this man riding on a donkey? He's a man who rode on the clouds of heaven, who walks on the wings of the wind. The Bible says the Spirit blows, the Holy Spirit comes, and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes, but it's real. We don't understand how God can ride on the clouds and walk in the air, but He does. And this this one who who lived in the heavens of glory, a glorious kingdom, riding on the clouds, think about that. 
We can't comprehend it. Again, we, our minds can't comprehend riding on the clouds. But he does. He was, he was glorious. That was his chariot. The Lord had a chariot. And the cloud was in his chariot. And he'll say, Daniel chapter 7, verse number 13. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him before him. Jesus, one like the Son of Man riding on the clouds, coming before the Ancient of Days, God the Father. Jesus, Jesus had a chariot. Jesus rode on things we can't understand or comprehend. Things that are beyond the powers and the, and the technology of this day. There's no technology that can make you ride on a cloud. You can fly in an airplane and hope it stays up. You can jump in a helicopter or parasail, but you can't ride on a cloud. But Jesus, the son of the living God, that was his daily, that's his daily fare. Riding on the clouds in glory. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 26. Deuteronomy 33, verse 26. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides upon the heavens in thy help or who rides upon the heavens to help you and his excellency on the clouds. God rides upon the heavens to come to your help, to come to your rescue. He rides on the clouds not just to take a joy ride. I remember one day we were in Dunkin' Donuts and we heard this man, the lady say, what are you going to do today? And he says, I don't know. We're just going to ride around and we have nowhere to go. We're just going to ride around. No purpose. But Jesus has a purpose. When he rides on the clouds, he's riding to rescue. He's riding to save. He's riding to do something wonderful and good. So every time Jesus mounts up and rides, He's on a mission of mercy, a mission of love, a mission of peace, a mission of joy. And here's the one who rides upon the clouds, now coming, sitting on a donkey, riding from the cloud, from riding on the clouds to sitting on a donkey. No shock absorbers. Bump, bump. There's a big difference. Riding on the clouds of heaven to now sitting on a donkey. And so what was the meaning? What was the meaning of this? Why was he, what was he doing, this one, this rider of clouds? What was he doing sitting on a donkey? Yet he was sitting on a donkey, yet the people were praising him. Where did he come from? Nazareth. Well, yeah, but he came from a higher place than Nazareth. Hallelujah. What was he doing sitting on a donkey? Men of great importance rode on donkeys. When he took Isaac, Abraham saddled his donkey. When he was ready to take Isaac to be a, to become to Isaac, to sacrifice Isaac. But the Lord stopped him, remember? No, God shall provide the ram. God shall provide the sacrifice. Abraham, Abraham saddled his donkey and rode out to sacrifice Isaac. But God said, stop, Abraham. Stop, don't offer for Isaac. God shall provide a ram. God shall provide the sacrifice. Abraham riding a donkey to sacrifice and God said, no, it's not your place. God will provide. Balaam saddled up his donkey, but he was on a mission to curse the people of God 
And the donkey, God said he made the donkey stop and turn around and said, Balaam, what do you think you're doing? And God says, you cannot curse my people. Those who I've blessed, you cannot curse. Second Peter 2, 15 and 16. It says that as far as Balaam goes, he loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. This is what it says in Second Peter. A dumb donkey turned to him and spoke to him with a man's voice so that he wouldn't be slain. And Balaam was a man who, 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 who was a, he wasn't a godly man. He was a man with spirit, but not God's spirit. But God made a donkey speak to him because just like Balaam, sometimes, you know, we're all going the wrong way. We're all about to do the wrong thing. Abraham was about to do the wrong. He thought he was doing right, but he was about to do something that God never wanted him to do. Sacrifice a human life. God does not want you sacrificing another person. And yet sometimes we would love to take something in our hand. And uh, you know what I like to do to that person? Mm, you know what they said to me? You know what I would really like to do? No, that's not our place. Let it go. We're not going in. We're not going to get it. We're not understanding what the reason was why Jesus was riding on the donkey. And so persons of rank rode on donkeys. In Judges 5.10, it says, Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire. So men of importance, judges, those who were leaders of the day, they had white donkeys, and they rode on the donkeys because they were men of renown, men of importance. Men of importance love to show themselves, don't they? Look at me, riding on a white donkey, all my fancy garb. And so in those days, this is what they did. They didn't have Cadillacs, they didn't have uh, chauffeurs, they didn't have limos come pick them up, but they had white donkeys. And if you saw someone riding on a white donkey, you knew that, hey, this is a big cheese coming to town. What do you want to call them? And so men of renown rode on donkeys. Judges chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. And it says that there was a, there was a judge who, who had judged Israel, ruling them. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. So not just the judge, not just the ruler, but his sons, his household were given donkeys. Mercedes-Benz, Cadillacs, Hummers. They were given these things to ride because they were men of importance. And if the judge, the man who judged Israel rode a donkey, then his children, his household were put on donkeys because they were men of importance. Someone that you needed to pay attention to. And if they rode into your presence, you needed to pay attention to them. You better not disrespect someone who's riding on a white donkey. You better not disrespect his sons or daughters that are riding on white donkeys. You'd be in big trouble. Samuel, 2 Samuel, verse six, chapter 16, verse 2. And the king, he said to Ziba, these donkeys are for the king's household to ride on. Donkeys played an important role. When someone rode on a donkey, they were, they were men of importance. Men to be paid attention to. First Kings chapter verse, chapter one, verse 32 and 33. King David, he said, call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jechai. David called some important men around him. And he said, so they came before the king, and the king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon, my son, 
ride on my own mule, my own donkey. King David had a donkey that he rode on as king. You better not look say badly about David when he was riding on his donkey. He had the backing of a mighty army. And David said, now take Solomon, my son, and put him on my donkey. And he says, and there let Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, anoint him king over Israel. So when David put Solomon on his donkey, he was being sent forth to be anointed as king. And so what was Jesus doing on a donkey? What was the purpose of him riding into Jerusalem? They thought he was going to become the king. Here comes the king, and he's going to rule, take over. He's going to ride in. He's riding in as king, and he's going to wipe out those guys in, the, in that place, and he's going, to, he's going to bring victory. But the donkey was also a symbol of peace, because when a king rode into some place on a donkey, it was after the victory had been won. If the king was in battle, he would be on a, on a horse or a stallion or a sub-war, a war, something for war. A donkey is not made to be a war horse. But you ride in on a donkey as a conqueror, as the king, that the victory has been won. And so here was Jesus riding in. And the donkey is looked down as a, sometimes today as a lowly thing. But Jesus rode in on the donkey. And there's a Manchester who wrote a poem that says, The donkey, as far as the donkey goes, what's the worth of a donkey? Starve, scourge, deride me. I am dumb, meaning silent. I keep my secrets still. Fools, for I had my hour. One far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. And on his back rode the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The one who rode upon the clouds was sitting on this donkey. And Jesus, Jesus comes to ride and stand, come into our lives to give us value and worth. We're not lowly creatures. We are people of worth. God is not riding on us. He's not on our back riding us. We couldn't bear the weight. But Jesus comes into our lives to live within us. So what is Jesus teaching us while he's riding on that donkey into Jerusalem. Where is he going? What is what is exactly is the meaning of Palm Sunday? We know the simple facts. Jesus arrived in Jerusalem and he asked his disciples to go and bring him that donkey. And he, as he entered Jerusalem, the people were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus was going in and they thought he was going to be the conqueror. He was going to take over. Because palms and all was too a sign of victory given to military victors and, and to achievements that they'd done. When, when Roman games, winners of Roman games, they were given palm branches. And, and so palms, emperors gave them to those who were, who uh, were military conquerors. And so palms and the shouts and everything was, was shouting victory, victory, triumph. He, Jesus is going to be seated as the king. He's going to go in Jerusalem and take over and he's going to rule and he's going to reign and, and everything will be right. They believed Jesus was the Messiah who was going to come and take over. Everything was looking good. And we want Jesus sometimes to rule, to take over of those who rule over us, to be on our side against all our many enemies. But Jesus wasn't writing Jesus was on a donkey. He wasn't on a, he wasn't riding a military tank going into Jerusalem. If Jesus wanted to conquer Jerusalem, he wouldn't be sitting on a donkey. 
he'd be on his war horse. He'd just open his mouth and Jerusalem could fall. Every cinder, every block could crumble. But Jesus was entering Jerusalem on a donkey. He wasn't on a military tank. What does it mean that he was on a donkey? So then why? Why was he going into Jerusalem? For what purpose? Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 14. Jesus rode on the clouds. And there was one in the heavens who said in Isaiah 14, 14, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, one who was given a place as worship leader to worship the Lord God to lead praise and worship before him. One day said in his heart, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be the most high. The devil thought he can ride on the clouds instead of Jesus. And we know the devil says, I will, I will, I will. And he was cast down. The devil got out of line and out of order with the Lord. And when he stepped out of line and says, I'm no longer going to stay where God kept me as a worship leader. I want people to worship me. He became out of order. And that out of order caused rebellion. When there's someone, there's disrespect. and someone gets out of order, there was disrespect. There was rebellion in heaven. And we know what happened. Satan was cast down like lightning. And then he went to Adam and Eve and caused Adam and Eve to eat, to get out of God's order and to eat that apple, to know sin, sickness, and disease. And so man fell because man chose to know evil. And so man was separated from God, out of God's plan, out of God's order. And their man was left in chaos. Why was Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? Because he loved you so much. He loved you so much. He loved me so much. He loves us so much that he was going riding in to a world of disorder to bring order, to bring peace with God. Because the Bible says when we were enemies with God, God loved us. Jesus wasn't riding at that time to make war. He was riding to make peace between those that were waving the branches and shouting Hosanna and God. Because without Christ, no man can know peace with God. No man can have peace with God. So Jesus was riding into a world of disorder, not just Jerusalem, but a whole world that was out of control, out of, out of, out of fellowship with the Lord, out of peace with God. And he was riding to bring peace, to make peace between God and mankind. We could not on our, any circumstances, on any of our strengths or abilities, none of us could save ourselves. None of us could stand before the Lord and say, this is why I should have a place in your kingdom. And so Jesus, when he was riding into Jerusalem, he wasn't riding to make military victory. He was riding to make spiritual victory, peace for you and I, that he knew that he was about to go into Jerusalem to be crucified, to go to Calvary's cross. And it was on that cross that your sins and mine would be nailed to the cross once and for all, and that we would have peace with God Most High. But when people saw that he wasn't going in to conquer the Romans, but that he was being crucified, many didn't want to walk with him anymore. Many didn't want to know him anymore. 
Because those who were crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, was he when he was on trial, they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. We thought he was going to be the king, and he's not the king. Crucify him. One day we're praising the Lord, and the next day, what are we saying about the Lord? Jesus came to deliver us from disorder to bring us into order. But Jesus says, listen, I came to save you. I came to write in to bring you and God to peace. But Jesus says, someday, someday, I'll be riding, and you're going to see me riding, not a donkey. Someday, he says, the Bible tells us Christ will come again someday, Revelation 19.11. Lindsay, Revelation 19.11. One day, Jesus will not be riding a donkey. That day on Palm Sunday, he rode a donkey of peace into Jerusalem. A donkey where he was going to go to Calvary's cross, become a sacrifice. Where, And you remember on, on when they nailed him on the cross, they put a sign, the king of the Jews? Well, that's true. He is the king. But he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Him who rode on the clouds had a plan. Him who rode on the clouds had a purpose and an agenda. That he was going to lower himself to become flesh. Ride on a donkey and allow himself. Him who rode upon the clouds, allow himself to be crucified. That we may live. That we may have life in him and through him. That was why he rode into Jerusalem. That's why on Palm Sunday, that's why we can remember Palm Sunday and shout. Because he rode in to save us. To become my king and my Lord and my Savior. Not to deliver me just from a a, a physical reign or rule, but to deliver me from the rule of sin and death and the, the, all the spiritual things that held me captive and bound. That's what he delivered me from. But one day, Jesus is coming again, and he's not going to be on a donkey. One day, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. When Jesus comes again, he's not coming on a donkey. He's coming on his war horse. He's coming on a white horse. And the Bible tells us the armies of heaven will ride with him to conquer. But in the meantime, this is our opportunity to make peace with God. That when we stand with the Lord, it will be on His side, in His army. We'll be coming with the Lord of glory. When He mounts that white horse and He rides, we'll be riding with Him. But Jesus mounted the donkey. He had to do things in right order. God is a God of order. One thing at a time. He had to get on that donkey who rode the clouds. He had to get on that donkey and ride into Jerusalem to go to Calvary's cross because He loved you. But Jesus says, now it's done. It is finished. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You must have the Lord in your life. You must be a new creation. You must have the Lord in you. To know that peace that passeth all understanding. To be a new creation. Because now that we're new creations, what are we living for? We can wave palms now looking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come again on that white horse. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, Lindsay. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. I just want to look at a few more verses. We're done. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. 
And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Listen, the Bible said, where did he come from? They asked him when they were waving the palms, and they said, from Nazareth. Well, I'm telling you, he came from before Nazareth. He was riding on the clouds of glory. He was riding on the clouds. And the Bible tells us when he comes again the second time, we will see him. We will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. I'm telling you, you will never shout as loud as that day when you see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of glory. As I've said in Revelation, He, faithful and true, oh, He's coming again, riding a white horse. You're going to see Him coming in power and glory. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 64. Matthew 26, verse 64. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast never, thou hast said, Nevertheless I say to you, Hereafter you shall, shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I'm telling you, the Lord rises in something that we know not of. He rises in the power of the glory of heaven, riding on the clouds. Revelation 1 7. Revelation 1 7. I want to show you what Jesus rides upon. He rode a donkey. How low can you go? He rode a donkey. I'm telling you, when, you, when you've been riding on clouds, you get down to riding on a donkey, just think of it, the Son of Man, the Son of Heaven, riding on the clouds of heaven of glory. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Come again, Lord Jesus. He rode into Jerusalem and the devil thought he had him when he crucified him. They pierced him. Who do you think you are? You think you're God? They mocked him. They beat him. But they couldn't put one lash on him unless he allowed it. And he rode in there knowing what he was going to face. He rode in there looking at you. He rode into Jerusalem knowing your face. Going to Calvary's cross. He said, they think I'm going to set them free from the Romans. But Jesus was writing in to set you free from the devil, from sin, from sickness, from disease, from all the snares and the power of the enemy. Jesus was saving you from something greater than Rome. He was saving us from a power greater than any worldly power, than any worldly kingdom. He was saving us from the kingdom of Satan. And he saved us. He delivered us. And so, really, what is our heart saying today? Is that, Jesus, as we wave these branches today, we thank you that you rode into the Jerusalem not to deliver us so much from the kingdoms of this world, but you, you rode into Jerusalem to save me from sin and death and sickness and disease. You came to save me so that I'll have life with Father God and not life without him. Jesus rode into Jerusalem with the greatest victory of all. Death could not hold him. When he went to Calvary's cross and he shouted out, it is finished. We have a reason now. We, you know, they shouted thought, thinking one thing, but we knowing better now, we knowing, we look back and we see the reason he entered Jerusalem. We have all the more reason to wave our palm branches and shout. Hallelujah.
Jesus, Hosanna to the Son of God. Him who rides the clouds has come to set me free, to ride into Jerusalem, to go to the cross that I may be set free. Can you take a palm branch with me this morning and just stand and just uh, stand with me this morning? And I just want to end this morning by saying, <clears throat> Jesus, Palm Sunday, Hallelujah! It wasn't just a little shout. They were shouting with excitement and with exuberance back then, saying, "Oh, this He's going to set us free." He, but Jesus, we know, has rode into Jerusalem. As we look back, as we remember Palm Sunday, we lay the palm down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Him who rode upon the clouds has come upon a donkey to save you, to redeem you, to set you free. And we have a reason and a cause for rejoicing. That's why in a football stadium or a baseball stadium, when the, when the team wins or the team is on the verge of scoring, Oh man, there's a shout that goes up. But we know Jesus has already won the victory for us and we could thank Him, Lord, that You have set me free and You're saving me. You're continuing to give me the strength and the ability to walk through this life until that day when I see You coming in the clouds of glory or when I meet You face to face. Hallelujah. So let's just give the Lord a little praise offering this morning.